morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Give the show site a follow as well on Twitter at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, February 17th, 2020. And this past weekend was an interesting one. And we'll start off with some weirdness. And this happened yesterday. Penn State's two, one of two commitments. 21 offensive lineman Nate Bruce went on to Twitter and decommitted. This was early Sunday morning. Well, later on in the afternoon, Bruce got a chance to talk with head coach James Franklin. And there it was. He recommitted. Very Interesting 24 hours for Nate Bruce. You don't see this kind of stuff. Usually a decommitment is followed by the opening up of a recruitment where multiple coaches get back in, are able to talk to them, try to sway them one way or the other. Well, the swaying happened quick. And Bruce was back into the Penn State 21 class uh, of two members, he is one of the two early on in that 21 class to James Franklin. Just a odd situation. Just really odd. I mean, the in-state guy probably wanted to play for the Nittany Lions, but was clearly being swooned by other schools, being told different things. And James Franklin was able to put his recruiting hat on and seal the deal about this one. But this is one to watch, though. Because if Bruce is wavering right now, uh, almost a year away from the second signing day, you've got, what, 10 months about or so until the early signing period in December. This is one to watch. If you're wavering now, what happens in 10 months, over this 10-month span? You can claim to shut your recruitment down. But that might not always be the case. A little bit more recruiting news as well. Rutgers officially added athlete potential defensive end Tajay Moore to their 20 class. 6'6", 220 pounds. So only other offer of note was from UMass. Again, I'm a big offer guy. I'm not necessarily a big stars guy, a big rankings guy because... What tells me the most about these prospects is what schools believe in them. And when you have a prospect that has an offer from UMass, not even a D1 school, no D1 schools for more, that's a reach. I don't like it. Not the biggest fan of this. I understand Greg Schiano had a late, 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 entry as the head coach into the 20 class but if i'm him i probably would have banked a couple of those scholarships worked on a bigger 21 class and really hit the transfer portal for guys who will help me this year ones that will be eligible this year or on track to be eligible this year grad transfers uh, the immediate eligibility transfers although we still have no idea who the hell those 
players are, which players qualify for it. We're still waiting for the NCAA to set a standard for transfers. Still waiting. Hate it. There needs to be set rules. It has to be outlined evenly. It has to. At the current moment, it is not. So I understand going after a guy like Moore for Shiano and Rutgers, but again, I'm, I'm not necessarily enamored with the commitment due to the fact of a very not impressive recruiting offer. Just one. Again, UMass. That's the only one of note. Not so great. Not so great. Minnesota's losing their defensive back. Coach Rod Chance, he's returning back to Oregon. He was on Mario Cristobal's staff in 2018. Went over with P.J. Fleck. Did a phenomenal job. Most likely, you're going to hear one of his defensive backs' name being called Antoine Winfield Jr. very early in the draft. Uh, he's probably, uh, you know, like I have done all of the draft season, have been giving you updates as to where the Big Ten players are potentially being picked. It seems as if Winfield Jr. is a day two second round guy, potentially a third round guy. Uh, really haven't seen his name pop up in really any first round mocks. So uh, you're looking at a guy that, yeah, he's going to leave early, but uh, leaving early when you're drafted, you know, like I said, I always want a, a early entry guy to go in the first two rounds. At worst, the third-round pick. So he's trending. Winfield Jr. is trending that way. And, you know, you can give it to uh, Rod Chance. And not all the credit because Winfield Jr. has been there for three years uh, uh, with a red shirt. But you're, you're still giving Chance some credit for what the Gopher secondary did this past season. Speaking of defenses and defensive coaches, Mel Tucker has decided to keep two at the moment current Michigan State staffers, defensive coordinator Mike Tressel and defensive tackles coach Ron Burton. There was some drama, though, with this. There was some drama because Mike Tressel, not the first choice here. Mel Tucker actually went to Cincinnati, spoke with former Ohio State linebacker, NFL guy Marcus Freeman. Now Freeman didn't spend much time in the NFL due to an injury, but he has been with the Cincinnati staff for a while, elevated to defensive coordinator, I believe two years ago. And that was Mel Tucker's first choice. And what we have all seen about Michigan State's first choices they don't say yes. So Freeman said no. So therefore, Mel Tucker kept Mike Tressel. And here's another interesting tidbit coming out of East Lansing. We have a player starting defensive end, Jacob Panasuik. He's threatening to transfer. And the reason why he's threatening to transfer is because he wants his Defensive end coach, Chuck Bulla, to stay on staff. This is odd. Another odd situation. A player demanding a coach to stay in order for them to stay as well. 
and not transfer away. It's just odd. I find this very different. This whole Michigan State retirement of D'Antonio, the search for the head coach, which circled back and ended up with Mel Tucker after multiple coaches said no, Matt Campbell, uh, Luke Fickle, Mel Tucker originally. It's just been odd. It really has been. I don't know exactly what the culture is at Michigan State at the moment, but on the outside looking in, it doesn't look good. Not when you have players demanding that coaches need to stay, otherwise they're going to leave. I get it. Players are extremely important in this process. They're the ones that get it done on the field. But as a player, should you really be making that kind of demand? I get it. Working with someone that you enjoy, that you like. But there's a possibility as well that whoever Tucker brings in could be better than Bulla. Can teach you something different. Has a different viewpoint. But apparently, Penasuik not interested in learning from somebody else. It's just absolutely nuts. Some good news, however, for Michigan State, as their class of 20 running back Jordan Simmons had waited to sign, officially did that over the weekend. So he is a member of the 20 class for the Spartans. All right, moving on to the hardwood. I'm going to update a couple of injury notes and a couple other things. Well, just one other thing before we wrap up the game action this weekend. So, Nebraska forward, Mate Kavas. His career is over. A hand injury will put him out. He suffered that Saturday night in their loss. So, unfortunately for the senior forward, he will not be playing again, suiting up for the Cornhuskers. Iowa's guard, C.J. Frederick. He missed Sunday's game with an angle injury. His prognosis, however, is a little bit better. He is currently day-to-day. And Illinois' forward, Ayo Desumu, he also missed this weekend's contest. He was a game-time decision, and I'm not going to lie, I think Brent Underwood played this one right. I think he did, because... When you look at how important Sumo is to the fighting Illini and what kind of player that he is, one of the better players in the conference, I would say in the country as well. Keeping it safe, playing it safe, making sure that Sumo is closer to 100% rather than 80 or 90%. Yeah, I get it. It's a big-time game. It's a seeding game for the Big Ten. They're kind of... I wouldn't say they're spiraling down, but the fighting Illini were at one point had a seven-game winning streak. Now they've kind of cooled off a little bit. I play it safe with the sumo. I wait. Yeah, these games are important. It would be nice and everything to win, but would it be nicer to win in March? 
Big Ten tournament leading up to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think those games are a little bit more important. So I am all for holding off Tsumu because they're going to need him later. The fighting are a healthy Nasumu is so much more important at the end of next month, beginning of next month, when the madness begins, when it really when the scramble starts. So keeping them out a week, an extra week, I'm all for it. It makes plenty of sense to me. Three commitments from the 20 class inside the conference have been selected to go to the Jordan Brand Classic. Illinois commit Adam Miller and Michigan commits Isaiah Todd and Hunter Dickinson will represent the conference in the All-Star game. If you remember earlier, there were no McDonald's All-American players from the Big Ten. I think uh, Isaiah Todd should have made it, but it's pretty interesting that he didn't. But there will be three guys that will be participating in the Jordan Brand Classic. All right, moving on to the action this weekend. There was no games on Friday night, so all this action was on Saturday with two games played yesterday on Sunday. We'll start off with Penn State. They held home court against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is probably the worst Big Ten team in the conference. They got a W, 77-61. Lamar Stevens poured in 23. Pete Nance had 12.7 boards for the losing Wildcats. Ohio State got a big-time home win over Purdue, 68-52. The Buckeyes have been talked about being on the border. Uh, Dickie V even said it a couple weeks ago that he had them on the outside looking in. Well, the Buckeyes have turned it on recently, are sitting at 17-8 and eight currently, 500 at 7-7 seven and seven inside the conference. I think they are trending up in the right direction and should ultimately make the NCAA tournament. Evan Bordeaux led Purdue with 17 points, while Kyle Young on the other side for the victorious Buckeyes had 16 along with seven boards. Maryland took it to Michigan State. Michigan State has had a not-so-great season. At one point in time, they were ranked very high inside the top five, inside the AP, and the coaches poll. They are unranked at the current moment. Most likely will be unranked going into today as well when the polls are updated, although they might get ranked. This wasn't a terrible loss at home. Although Maryland is finally showing why they had that high ranking at the beginning of the season. Anthony Cowan Jr. was absolutely fantastic. 24 points, 4 rebounds. Xavier Tillman for the losing Spartans had a double-double with 18 points and 11 boards. The aforementioned Illinois, like I said, they are on a little bit of downturn right now. At one point in time, they were leading the conference. Tied for the lead with Maryland. And now they have lost a few games in a row. They are in danger of not being ranked again. Make that four games in a row. Their 22nd ranking is definitely, definitely 
questionable going into today. We will see whether or not the Fighting Illini are ranked later on this afternoon. There's a possibility they're not. And again, this was a game that they had. They could have had. Rutgers is solid. Don't get me wrong. They don't lose in the rack. They haven't this year. But this is a game where, you know, the fighting Illini could have stepped up and, and done some good things. But unfortunately, they were unable to. They shot terribly from the field. Uh, 8 of 28 from 3 was the team. As you look at what Rutgers did, they almost shot 500 from the field. 47% from 3. That's going to do it. That will. That is going to get you W's. Wisconsin beat up on Nebraska, the other bad team in the conference. Nebraska and Northwestern have a combined three conference wins. Wisconsin worked them. Brad Davidson poured in 30 in an 81-64 victory for the Badgers. That was pretty easy for them. Luca Garza continued his road to All-American Honors First Team. Big Ten Player of the Year. He's my guy, and I've been saying this for weeks. He's the guy. This is the guy. 58-55 to 55 win over Minnesota. Minnesota is, they're 500 now. I think they're a team that a couple weeks ago looked like they were trending in the right direction, potentially getting into the NCAAs. Now, that's a question mark for Minnesota. This is big time. I, I'm not sure if they're going to make it. At this point in time, I'm saying no because they're trending in the wrong direction. Whereas Iowa and Luca Garza with his 24 points and 8 boards, they are going in the right way. Daniel Latour led Minnesota with 15 points and 6 boards in the losing effort. Got to hold Gordon home. A 3-point loss, that's a tough one. Especially when you had a halftime lead, 31-26. to 26. The Wolverines are getting back on the winning track. Took it to Indiana. They housed them. 89-65. to 65. And the Wolverines have, after a four-game losing streak, have turned it on. Winners of five out of their last six games. Their lone loss, the rivalry game against Ohio State. They've got Rutgers, Purdue, Wisconsin, a rematch with Ohio State, Nebraska, and then Maryland to round out the rest of the year. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think that this sets up really nice for Michigan. Like they can get to that 20-win mark. I see a Purdue win, a Wisconsin win, a Nebraska win, and then they just have to get a win on the road at Rutgers or at Ohio State to get to that 20, and I think that that 100% solidifies them into the NCAA tournament. Xavier Simpson Double-double for the Wolverines, 12 points, 11 dimes, whereas Deron Davis had 18 points, only two boards for the Hoosiers. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the time and the listen. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.